Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 7 and Evan, welcome back everybody. Second hour of Oilers Now. Oilers out after the qualifier losing on Friday to Chicago. Second Hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. Epstein's mother has texted the show. Bob, you're an hour into the show. And you've not mentioned the lottery. Fine short story written by Shirley Jackson, as I recall. Uh, Japanese Village, open to serve you at any of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Reservations now available. Go to jvedmonton.ca. We head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show Darcy McLeod, better known to many of you on Twitter, on the Twitterverse, as somebody used to call it. Uh, Darcy, if you're on a speakerphone, can you just take us off? We're getting a little bit of a reverb there. I'm on a headset. Let me try the handset, Bob, one sec. Okay. All right. Is That's that much better? better. Okay. Well, maybe not. Still a little bit of feedback there. Darcy, all right, we'll let you talk. Uh, I've, I've said my piece. I don't want people overreacting to the failure in the playoffs for the Oilers to get past Chicago. Uh, there is a degree of luck in the game. I'd say Chicago outplayed Edmonton, showed more experience, got better goaltending, all those things. What do the numbers show, Darcy? Well, Bob, first of all, that first game was awful. It was yes. awful on every front. And if, if Tippett made any giant mistake, it, it was starting Smith in that game and then not pulling him after the third goal. You know, like... You need a stop once in a while, and you got to calm the team down. Maybe take a, a, a timeout. Tippett was good at taking timeouts during the year. He wasn't like McClellan, who seemed to be saving him up for his retirement. But, anyways, I think he, they let the first uh, first game get away from him because they had to stop the bleeding early. You know, it's funny. We went through what two years of everyone, all the, all the pundits saying, oh, "Tablet Talbot letting in the first goal deflates the team," but no one said a word about Smith punting one in his own net. Letting down, letting down the team, or, or not making a stop on the next two shots, you know, maybe that deflated the team. You think? Anyhow, so the first game was awful. There's no question, and there's no question that their team defense needed a lot of work. You know, I don't know how many times I I, I got to watch Nurse leave his check to go after somebody else's check to see his check score, or how many times Clefbaum simply can't stop or, or fill up a passing lane and let let slot into uh, shots into the slot. And, or how many times Dry does a, a flyby in his own zone, um, totally missing his check and then his check scores. Like, they've got work to do, but it's on the defensive side. When you look at the offensive numbers and you look at the, the share of the, the shots and the scoring chances and the high-danger scoring chances, Edmonton was a much better team 
in those respects in the last three games, but they couldn't score. They got no luck that way. Plus, there's uh, you know that awful penalty against Russell, and they get a five-on-three goal, which I thought the goalie muffed anyways. But it's stopping pucks and and defensive zone work. You know, everyone's saying, "Well, why didn't they reunite uh, Nuge with Dry?" Well. Okay, Nugent Dry and Yamamoto scored at, at an unreal rate during the regular season, 5.3 goals per 60, which is crazy. It's a crazy rate. It doesn't happen. Uh, like, the next best line in the NHL was Marchand, Bergeron, and that other kid, Pasternak. They scored at four goals uh, per 60 minutes, and, and those three cats scored at 5.3. Well, in games two, three, and four, when uh, Yamamoto and Dreisaitl were on the ice, they scored at 5.2. It was crazy. In games 2, 3, and 4, when McDavid and Nugent Hopkins were on the ice, they scored at 7.5. 7.5, Bob. That's a power play rate. It's unbelievable. But do you know where the kicker is? Well, actually, the defense on McDavid and Nugent Hopkins was pretty decent. Well, it's not great, but 3.7 goals a game. It's like they got 66% of the goals in the last three games, and those two guys were on the ice. The goals against on Drysaddle and Yamamoto, 8.66. Bob, the Oilers' PK for the year was five goals, 5.15 goals against per 60. The PK, and at five on five for the last three games, 8.6 goals per 60. That would be the fifth worst PK in the league last year. It's unbelievable. So when everyone's saying, yeah, they should have put Nuge there, well, no, because Nuge, you know, maybe Nuge helped the defense. But, you know, McDavid absolutely trashed the other team for those three. You know, he outscored them. It's the goals against man. It's like reuniting Nuge wouldn't have helped that. So if there's anything to blame Tippett for, it was the goalie deployment in the first game. And, you know, I don't know, not teaching them how to defend or, or smack them upside the head when they're missing assignments and going to the wrong check. Or Are you allowed to do that anymore, Dirt? Dirt, Dirt. Darcy, this isn't like you and me were raised in a different era. Uh, I've joked about this with people before. Um, you know, I grew up with a bunch of guys that you were basically from the Mad Men era. Like, you know, when I was 20, they were 35 and 40. I think you could still smack guys upside the head as a coach. I'm not sure you could do that anymore. Just, just well, a circle. If they're wearing a helmet. It's not really going to hurt, right? Like, I don't think you I don't think you're supposed to do that. But anyhow, uh, and also for and 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 and, and, and get a save. You know, okay. when, when you when you look at the goals again, if you look at the save percentage and how many goals came from outside of dangerous areas, like in that, that's not including the tips, Bob, because the tips happen in front of that, and those are in the dangerous areas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, how about a save? When you look at the the save percentages of all the goalies in the play-in round, the two worst, and by far Smith was the worst. The two worst were Smith and Koskinen, and I like Koskinen. He had a decent season. He was absolute dog crap in this. He would, you know, for some of the tips, he needs to, you know, you can't totally blame him for tips, but his, he had happy feet. He, he didn't seal his post. He was too low. You know, there's a number of different things, and I'm not the guy to critique exactly what he was doing. You get somebody else on to do that. But you need a save, man. It's, it, it's unbelievable. Do you know who the, who the third worst goalie was? Crawford. Crawford. Yeah, exactly. That, that was there for the taking, and Chicago... You know, credit to them. You know, during the regular season, five on five, Chicago had an 8.4 shooting percentage. In that series, they had 14.4. You know, the Oilers' shooting percentage actually went up from an 8.4 in the regular season to nine, which at five on five is a pretty good one. Um, 
Hawks had a 9.13 save percentage during the regular season, but that's because Leonard was 9.17 when he got traded. So, yeah. uh, you know, and Crawford's been 9.17 seven of the eight years. Here, here's the thing. I mean, Dave Tippett took a, a lot of criticism for not reuniting Nugent. And I do think Nugent Hopkins helps support Dreisaitl, um defensively well, five helped, on five. And, but he, helped, he helped support McDavid, too. Right. You can't hold, you can't hold two sets of hands. Right. Uh, Darcy, What per, for our listeners, educate them. When it comes to hockey, what percentage is luck? I mean, it's, obvi- it's obviously the highest percentage compared to the other major sports. I, you know, I couldn't come up with a number, but let's just say lots. Like some people have ballparked it at around, you know, 30%. I, I don't know how. But in a short series, anything can happen. That's why goalies are so huge in a short series, and luck can be so huge. You know, they outplayed them, and they get late crappy goals against them. And, and they can't get the puck in the net. It was, it was crazy. They, they should have won. But the, the, the narrative around, around the team is, is way over. Well, it's Edmonton, right? So everyone's going to overreact. The pundits are going to overreact. And then people start trotting out stories about leadership, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, maybe leadership on getting your butt back to the defensive zone and being where you're supposed to be, not going after somebody else's check. Yeah, I'll buy that. But the rest of it is garbage. Uh, you, I mean, you have some older writers that are sitting there saying, well, they're devoid of leadership, and they'll dismiss oh, the analytics. Blah, blah, blah. It's because they don't know what they're watching half the time. They're talking to each other, or they don't really understand hockey. Oops, did I hmm. say that out loud? You just did, yeah. Sorry. I, I just, I, I mean, I find, I, 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 the other thing is, like, the margin, when you have, like, no one dismissed Chicago in this series. I mean, you have to look at their top guys were going to be rested. The top guys have won before. The little, you know, when you're only separated by 11 or 12 points, you're not overwhelmingly. Yeah, 11 and 12 is a lot in that side of the season, but uh, Chicago was poor in the first half of the season. It was closer in the back half. But, but Bob, in the last three games, Pat Kane, you know, high, high danger scoring percentage, like for the chances, 38%. Scoring, scoring chances, 49%. Right? So they box. So they box. They goal, did a good job share? on Kane. Well, they, no. Well, you know, it, keeping Kane under fifty is a good job. You know, Taves for high high danger scoring percentage last three games thirty percent. You know, scoring chances close to fifty because they took a lot from the outside, like you were saying. They had a lot of defense shots, right? Yeah. But but the goal share eighty percent, hundred percent. They shot the lights out the last three games, and well, well, including the first game, and bad tips, bad goaltending. But it's not like the Oilers didn't play well. Like, like, like this measures how you play. The goals measure what goes in. And bloody hell, in a short series, the, the Oilers came up short, and they were awful in the first game. The, you know, but the, all these narratives are just they're way too much, man. Way too much. They need to defend better. They miss Larson like hell. You know, I don't know if you can count on that cat's back because, you know, it, because Clefbaum's no no screaming hell as a defender. Okay, Neither that's... is Nurse for that matter. Neither is Bear. They're all you're you're going to get a lot of people anymore. upset that think they might be going to hell or heaven at one point. I'm but sorry, it, Bob. I, I, I know I you're fired up. I, I, in the air. All right. One final one for you, Darcy. Scalpel in terms of what Holland does in the offseason or a sledgehammer? Well, it has term- to be a scalpel. It, it has to be a scalpel. They need they need a reliable defender to play with the other defenders again. You know, yep. you might have to move out uh, Larson because it, I, when he's healthy, he's been great. But how often has he been healthy since he got here, Bob? You know, He had a uh, good first season and a half. I mean, he was plus 31 his first two years. He was pretty hey, good as a January shutdown. January to game. March, he was lights out. January to he, March was probably the best stretch of hockey he's played. He was... Re- he was really good, and he went from, like, minus 10 or 11 to, to an even player, and that's an important stat for him. 
Darcy, we appreciate your time, and thank you for your perspective. And, and, and again, the analytics on this, people say, oh, those numbers are for losers. The Oilers didn't get it done. They don't have any character. And I would say that they're – you know what? There's some other perspectives out there that people need to look at before they're they're ready to. Yeah, and coaches look at scoring chances. They look at opportunity. They look at defending lanes. It's it. There is X's and O's to this game. And the Oilers weren't terrible at it after the first game. All right. Thank you very much, Darcy. See you, Bob. You bet. That is Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood Guy. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to their business as well. Brett Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction that provides you. Uh, he was... Uh, very descriptive in that uh, conversation. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase. They'll continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang, Brent Rich Ford, lend a hand by calling one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three or go online at brentridge.com. Drew Remenda is going to go down a completely different path at one thirty five. Uh, we will get to some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return. It's one nineteen in Edmonton. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's 122 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. Let's get to some text on our Ashley Pine Floors text line. Terry out of Red Deer says, that guy was entertaining, and I'm sure the old writers enjoyed him. Sometimes those old writers make some good points. I just want to establish that. I don't always agree with them. It's okay. It's all good. Randy says, Bob, you need to have Darcy McLeod on more often. That was perfect. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. This texter says, Bob, they lost the series in Game 3 when they gave up the lead in the last six minutes of the game. They aren't a team that can play defense and hold on to a one-goal game. They play the best defense when they are aggressive and hard on offense. I think at this stage, uh, that's a fair assessment. Um, wow. Tomo says, Bob, the city of Chicago, wow, I've, this is our, this, this text is, is out there. The city of Chicago is currently a stress-filled town with political strife and unprecedented, that's political strife and unprecedented violence today. I would think that the Hawks players wanted to stay away from there as long as possible. They were probably simply stoked to be here. By contrast, our guys had only recently awakened from a long and relatively peaceful slumber. Mindset is everything from Tomo. Uh, Tomo, my mindset would be like this. The Oilers needed to jump Chicago early in the series and dissuade them from getting their ears perked up like a horse does, right? You know what I'm saying? And instead, that horse got a ride for Chicago by the name of Jonathan Taze and belief started to happen. And for the record, the Oilers started the year 5-0. and uh, If you take the first five games of the year out for Chicago at Edmonton, they had almost identical records and um, point totals. Uh, the, here, uh, this one comes in. Uh, the COVID Cup reminded me of Showdown 76 with Peter Puck. Wow. That's a different perspective. Uh, Mike says, uh, or what's this? He's saying Dale, he goes, Darcy, uh, maybe you should go cut wood instead of his cutting words. Try playing playoff hockey after four and a half month layoff. Thanks for Mike. But when you say that, Mike, people say that's a, that's an excuse. 
if you say because everybody's in the same position. I think there's something, Mike. I think there's something to be said for what you're saying that it's it would be challenging to play after that kind of uh, layoff and getting your game back to where it needs to be. Uh, I would also say that uh, the analytics would suggest that maybe Edmonton wasn't as horrific as many of us are feeling right now. Uh, again, that's that's a perspective that's out there. But others would say the Oilers just didn't get it, one, get it done. That is undeniable. Ultimately, the Oilers didn't get it done. You can text us at 780-496-0063. This text comes in saying, Bob, that now that was some analysis, not the lazy eye test analysis done by the old hockey writers in this town. I, I don't think the old writers are lazy. Let's just establish that. Um, but he did go into some numbers and presented the fact that basically McDavid and Nugent Hopkins killed it five on five in terms of creating scoring opportunities and scored at a r ridiculous rate. He also said that Dry Settle and Yamamoto had a lot go in on them at a ridiculous rate. Take a look at where some of those go. Like, again, it's how, how many of you, when you watched the game on Friday and saw Dry Settle cleanly win the draw back to Clefbaugh, there was five mistakes made on the play. Okay? Like, Marty Buron tweeted out that Dry Settle didn't get into the shot lane from the point. Well, Oscar Clefbaum had the puck on his stick with time and space. Athanasio doesn't fight through his check to get out to the point. And Clefbaum just throws it away. And then Dreisaitl doesn't block the shot from the point because he's got a range out there. Now, when you lose a face-off in the Oilers system, normally they stick with the center. But he won the draw. Most of you would say that Clefbaum was the guy responsible on that play. Koskinen would tell you he should have had the wraparound from Brandon Sod. Clefbaum turned the puck over. That's a mistake. Clefbaum got beat to the rebound uh, by Brandon Sod. Some would say that was a mistake. Athanasio doesn't get there. Dreisaitl doesn't take away the shot. And Koskinen doesn't make the save. Four or five mistakes on a goal that sucks the life out of your one nothing start. On a face-off win. That's like, it's a pet peeve of mine when teams turn pucks over in stationary breakouts, too. And that was a version of that that just drove me nuts. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Here we go. What guy's best line was that RNH can't hold two hands at once? Sugar time points are great, but dry saddle is a massive defensive liability. Uh... This text comes in, Bob, the old writers are right and wrong about things just like everyone listening to the radio. Glass houses, people. Uh, loved hearing Darcy get fired up. Well, guess what? Radio hosts are wrong, too. I took Pittsburgh in two against Montreal. I took the Leafs to beat Columbus. I only went four for four. And, yes, we purposely avoided mentioning the lottery in the first hour and a half of the show. Drew Remenda coming up at 135. Keep texting, and there's been lots of texts. You've been hot. Love the passion. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Wait times for... Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.